When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Gentlemen, what's cracking? Big G and triple, triple OG, triple Shannon White. What's up, man? Man, you got it. You didn't get all the triples on there, man. It's triple OG, triple, triple, triple OG, triple, triple. Man, Shannon White. <laughs> you change that thing. You change that thing every week, Big G. <laughs> man, man, for sure. But he is the triple OG, triple, triple, man. And just. Sure. And just because you change it, you know what you need to do? Pump my brakes. Pump your brakes, Big G. <laughs> Pump my brakes, man. Change the Shannon's name every week. Big Triple OG, Shannon, what's up, man? You're on mute, bro. I'm, I'm so excited I forgot to take it off mute. I was saying, <laughs> I was saying I'm so excited tonight because we've had – like a few weeks now of trying to figure out what we were going to do on Wednesday nights. Yeah. And we'd always been, at first it was Michael Beck and Jeffrey Benedict with know your enemy. And then uh, the curtain call in the off season. Yeah. And then we decided we was just going to stick with curtain call all year long. And when Beck uh, had to leave, then they asked me to co-host with, Jeffrey and I think we had a, a great run, and but Jeffrey had to step away, as everybody knows, with family obligations. So yeah, we've been trying to figure out a more permanent solution to everything, and and you guys have been so great to come on and and guest host with me, and and we just have such a great rapport. And I was like, I want them, yeah. and so we had to talk to the powers to be and the big three, and they agreed. So now Wednesday nights is going to be permanent pump your brakes and yep. it's going to be the big three. And I got my two homies on uh, as my permanent guest or co-host. And I'm just so excited. And, and I think it's just, I'm real excited about the future. Yeah. 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 yeah Shannon, the vibe is real, man. You had to take it upstairs to the, to the executive suite to get clearance yeah. on, on, on me and big G being on Wednesdays with you. Yeah, above yeah. my head. 
But yeah, fellas. So what's up with you, Big G? Man, nothing much, man. Just sitting around. Um, Tried to rest a little bit before I come on here because I know we got an exciting week and an exciting show. But even more so than anything, man, it's 52 days till it's time to do what we do, man. And Pittsburgh's still a nation, man. Oh, the, the G-O-A-T at that line, at that center position, yep. banging and looking like talking about, man, I'm ready to bang somebody's head right now today. <laughs> so let's get it in and do what we do on the new Pump Your Breaks podcast on Wednesdays, man, for sure, for sure. So let's do it. Okay, man. Well, let's jump right into it. Yeah. Let's let's let us let us talk about Steeler news right now. What's up, Steel Nation? Alex Heisman here. Hey, signed a four-year extension, ready to get to work. I'm just so excited to be able to play four more years for the best organization in the NFL. Uh, let's get to it. See y'all in Trope next week. Let's get it. Looking forward to bringing another championship to this city. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, we predicted it, man. We predicted it, man. Yep. You know, we yep. had a we was on the on the on the on the homies podcast last Friday. And we was like, man, if we could just get him for like 10 seconds to come on and say what's crackalacking and tell the fans, look, we breaking news. Now we could have go, we couldn't go earlier today, but believe me, we would have, we would have broke the news to still a nation to let them know that Mr. Highsmith is in the building, baby. So let's do it. Let's, yes. do it. let's get out. Shannon. I know, I know, I know we all wanted Highsmith, but I know you really want him. He's like your guy. You yeah. think, you you think he's just made up of Steeler metal? Yeah, when we talked last week on this show, I was like, I think it's going to be the week before camp. Yeah. And or the week first week of, but it was not going to be a problem. Yep. And and because they already had this thing in the bag, it was just getting the the verbiage right, and they got all that. He might have just got back in so he could come into town and sign. So they made it officials today. When I was doing research before the before the draft, yeah. and I would do mock drafts to see, you know, who was maybe going to be falling in the Steelers' range there, and yeah. he kept popping up. His name kept popping up, and I remembered that game he had against Clemson, and yeah. I'm thinking, is this the same guy? Because I mean, Clemson was national champions that year, and they couldn't block him, they couldn't stop him, and yeah. he was a one man record crew. And I'm like, is this the same guy? And I looked it up, and it. I said, "Oh my God, it is!" Because he played all over the field that day. He yeah. was uh, he was on the edge. He was off the ball, and he yep. did everything. And he was yep. even on the D line sometimes, you know, just so they didn't they couldn't just easily double team. And sure. so after the game, Dabo uh, Sweeney and the players are like, "That, that guy's, you know, he's all American. We couldn't handle him." Yeah. And so I had him on all my predictions that the Steelers are going to get him, and then they did. And, but that woke on mentality, uh, just always working on his craft to get better. Yeah, the money ain't going to change this guy. He's got that hunger that he wants to be respected. He wants to be one of the best in the game, and he loves Pittsburgh. He loves the culture. He's a perfect fit. So it was a no brainer. I knew it was going to happen. I'm just glad it's over with, and now we can you know turn our attention elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not really certain on the on the exact numbers. I don't think the exact numbers have been released. I've heard four years sixty-eight and five years seventy. Yeah. I probably much rather five years seventy. Yeah. Um yeah, hopefully Alex Highsmith is a stealer for life. That's him today signing signing the, the new deal. They yeah. can. 
The yes, fifth sir. year is this year's con- where he was already under contract. So they okay. actually did the four-year extension, but it depends on how you want to look at it. If you look right. at it, Dave Scoville did an article today talking yeah. about if you count this year, it's a five-year seventy million, which is like fourteen point one a year. Right. Yep. So that's a it looks like a great value for the Steelers. If you look at it like his agent saying it's a four-year extension, it's like seventeen million a year, which is still fair market value yep. for a player of his abilities. So either way, it's a win-win for Alex. It's a win-win for the organization, and it's a win-win for the fans. Yeah, I was, I was. That makes sense. I was in that range of sixteen to eighteen with what he was mm-hmm. going to take to mm-hmm. keep him. So yeah. I think, I think we all were in that in that range right there. Yep. But yeah, yeah so glad sure. to have Alex Highsmith back, and he sounds excited to go to the Trove next week. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, take, 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 Shannon. More money, more money, more money. Yeah, that youngster man. got paid. Hey, but you know what, though? I love the market value for him right now. Oh, because yeah. guess what? Guess what? Outside linebacker, defensive end, somebody that's going to bust the quarterback in their mouth, the price just went up in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So us securing him for the next basically five seasons, oh, man, that's a dub. That's a dub you all could, day you could, you could, You could look at it like it could be a bargain for some teams if they don't – have an edge rusher to have 14 and a half sacks last year. Well, how are you going to ask for more than Alex Highsmith? That's right. That's right. Did you see some of the guys that are in that range, the price range that he's getting paid? Yeah. All of them are older, and yep. none of them are anywhere near as accomplished as he is already. Correct. So the Steelers, it's a great value, and the price is only going to go up on these edge guys. So in two years, you're going to be like, man, they got a steal. This is a yeah. steal. Absolutely. Yeah. For sure, for sure. I agree. I definitely agree. So, moving on, happy about Alex Highsmith. And, Shan, this is one of the things we talked about this week you wanted to discuss, uh, about the, the depth and versatility of, of the, you know, the roster this year going into camp. Mm-hmm. So, I'll let you start it off. There's Coach Tomlin welcome, welcome, welcoming in one of the uh, more versatile pieces in the secondary, Patrick Peterson. Yeah. So, you know, let's start there. Go ahead, Shannon, kick it off. Well, they've spent all offseason either acquiring free agents or drafting prospects that are going to bring creativity and versatility that they haven't had in in such a long time. Mm -hmm. They have, you know, if you got to, if you want a speedster, of course, you know, he's a holdover from last year, never got to play, but because of injury, but you got CA3, yeah, Alvin Austin the third. Uh, last year, it was the whole offense has been predicated to ball security, ground and pound, time of possession, and they would use three downs, sometimes four downs to get 10 yards, but they kept the ball, you know, they kept it away from the, the more explosive opposing offenses, and they were successful. But it's mm-hmm. just it's hard because you got to play perfect. If you yep. turn the ball over, if you get penalties, and you know that sets you back, they had trouble getting ten yards. If they got a ten yard home penalty, you almost knew that that drive was over. Correct. So they're going to have to change on the offensive side of the ball to get more splash plays. I'm actually working on an article about where those splash plays are going to come from and what players are going to provide it. And I do yeah. believe they have guys that can do that. 
Then on defense, they we started to see a lot of creativity last year. Yeah, the three true. safety looks, the heavy package against run-heavy teams. And, you know, you all asked me the other day, was that Brian Flores? It could be. But they still haven't implemented, even though Flores is gone, Austin and company can can still utilize a lot of this that they already had worked in the playbook last year. But yeah. they brought in so many guys, uh, not just Peterson and Neil and Porter and Ben. They've just got – they've even got – some of their depth is more versatile than it was last year, like uh, Fioku and um, Watts. Uh, yeah. So they've got experience depth that can handle these changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things I brought that up for is because I've got an article that's posting tomorrow about Cole Holcomb. Yeah. And Cole Holcomb, when's the last time the Stewards had a guy that wanted to wear the green dot? It's been a long time, man. Because that maybe, green maybe dot. Maybe James Perry. Maybe yeah, James it, Perry. the green, green dot yeah. shuts guys down because yeah. they got too much to think about, and then they have trouble with their own responsibilities. Well, Carl Holcomb, and he welcomes this. He's wore the green dot before. So I'm very excited that I think they got the guy they really wanted. He wasn't on the top of everybody's wish list, but for the Steelers, just like I said about Darnell Washington at tight end, Carl Holcomb could be the perfect guy to bring that leadership and that communication to inside linebacker. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's for you, Big G. Why why is that for me? Why I get a pump your brakes? Maybe may, maybe James Ferrier? Was Vince, was, was Vince Williams here? Was Ryan Shazier here? You went way back to 2007. Ryan Shazier didn't wear the green dot, dog. I right, think you Ryan need to Shazier check. did wear the green dot. I'm about Tell to hit him, you with pump your brakes. Tell him, I'm about to hit you with pump the brakes. I thought I'm that Ryan you. Shazier did not want to wear the green dot. No. No, well, you Vince, know I Vince know Buckeye. Yes, Vince Wickham. You but Williams did, but you know I know Buckeyes. And you know I know Ryan Shazier, and he didn't. But but all right, man. Yeah, keep it keep, keep it pushing. <laughs> yep. Hey, so but listen, check this out, man. The whole deal with the chess pieces, right? The the issue in the NFL is you can't win unless you're unpredictable. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when, I mean, even I mean, I hate to even bring this up, but it's just the truth. Look how the Chiefs beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They went unpredictable. They started going to guys that they hadn't seen all year do anything. They went to Tony. They ran that little in and out zone play where a guy could get open in a phone booth. You know, that's that in, in the NFL, you have that to was Sky to, Moore. That was Sky Moore. Yeah, yeah. They well, they hit him with Tony too. Tony hit yeah, him too. They, they both scored this on play. the same play, opposite sides. Exactly. So you have to have chess pieces that you can move around offensively because in the NFL, I hate to tell you, you got to score a lot of points. To win in this day and age, and for us, for traditional Steelers fans, we're not used to that. We're not going to be used to seeing the Steelers come out to get 24 to 27 points, basically a game. But the offensive versatility that we have, we're going to destroy everybody we play in that red zone area, man. We have entirely – the, the issue is going to be how do you spread it around. you got Robinson. you got – Calvin Austin the third. You got Deontay Johnson. You got Pat Fryermuth. You you got uh, Najee Harris. You got Darnell Washington. You got Cam Hayward. I mean, uh, 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 Cam Hayward's little brother. You know, you got guys. You got Gentry. I mean, you got Warren, Jalen Warren. And then, oh my God, what if they hit him with Kenny Pickett with a zone read? 
because you're worried about everybody else and you're double teaming the outside and you're trying to cover the slot. You just hit him with his own read and he walks in the end zone. So the versatility on offense is unbelievable. Same difference on defense. Defense, you got to be able to move guys around like straight up chess pieces and you don't know which way it's coming. You know, and, and that's that's the scary thing because it's been a long time since on the Pittsburgh defensive side of the ball, you can really put 11 guys out there and you don't know who's going to hit the quarterback. You know, you don't know. You don't know. I mean, they're, they're going to be scared to death of what every, any, every time. So now they're going to lean protection that way. You've got Highsmith, who's now satisfied. He got 14 and a half on the other side. He's coming. And now, so you you drop those guys and then start bringing safeties and you got a nose tackle that might drop into coverage. I mean, it's going to be ridiculous. So it makes me so excited about our versatility because that's how you win football games in the NFL. You might be able to get it off for the first three, four, five games. But after a while, teams are going to sit down on film. They're going to watch your tendencies. They're going to see what you do, and they're going to beat you. But Pittsburgh, you got so many guys that you can run in, and you don't have no film on them. You know, so that's going to be, that's going to be real dangerous, man. Real yeah, dangerous. I, I, I agree with both of you. I mean, you can start the receiver position. Those receivers, receivers going to be playing all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I They're going to be playing man. all over the place. They're going to be playing, you know, in the slot, on the outside, X, Y. They're all going to yeah. be interchangeable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, you know what the – this question is for both of you. What's the biggest question mark on offense for the Steelers? Tell you go, because I, I got it. I already – I know what I'm going to say. Everybody's worried about the maturation of KP. You know, I, I don't think the offensive line is an issue. Not to me. No. What do you think, Tay? I would, I would, I would think if, if if Kenny Pickett takes the next jump, I'm expecting him to. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah. But if I had to say one thing about the offense, I believe in the moves made for the offensive line. Mm-hmm. I believe the running back room is solid with Najee and Jalen Warren. The mm-hmm. tight end room is loaded, and yeah. we we're gonna surprise a lot of people with the wide receiver room. Yep. Yep. Well, we're saying a lot of the answer right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. Everybody's saying oh. it, and they're right. And mm. what I was I was talking to somebody today in the discussion thread. They was times last year they would bring in Boykin and a, a Gunner O, and they would have them as a blocker. Yep. Or run a sweep with Gunner O. And yeah. if they called it, if they changed to a, a passing play, they just wandered around. It's like they exactly. didn't even know what route to run, or they mm-hmm. w- didn't have a route. They were not a threat. So it was eleven on ten when mm-hmm. when one of them two guys was in the game. That's inexcusable. That yeah. is play design, and that falls on Matt Canada. Mm-hmm. So they bring in Glenn Thomas. I think Glenn Thomas, his whole job is going to be. Another set of ears, another set of eyes, and another voice in play design and game planning. And that cannot happen. If Canada can handle all the rest, let him, let Thomas help Canada get the wide receivers involved. Every play, every guy that you have out there has to be a threat in some way. And there was times, and I'm not the only one that's seen it, but them guys look like they were just wandering around. That's inexcusable. Yeah. Shannon, I don't know if you would take notice, man, but you know, I mean, this is just old school football. Every play is designed to score a touchdown. 
Yes. If it's executed correctly. So I think the more versatile weapons that you have and the correct execution, the Steelers have big playability this year on offense, definitely. Mm-hmm. And they have definitely have big playability on defense. And that's just because of the versatility. Big plays, you need splash plays to hit. You know, yes. and I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers more than anything has big playability based on versatility on offense and defense. Because, like I said, you might not have uh, uh, where T.J. Watt breaks the sack record, but he might have more interceptions and outside linebacker and more where he's drawing attention and somebody's mm-hmm. blindside cracking the quarterback. You know, or one of those guys tipping up in the air and another one of the guys grabbing. I look for the Steelers to have a lot of turnovers on defense this year and less turnovers on offense because you got big playability. You Less chances... So if I got a three-play drive, 60 yards, and a touchdown, my chances of having a, a turnover decreases versus yeah. a 14 or 15-play drive and grinding it out. I love that about Steelers football. But if we can hit you fast and we go up 10 nothing or 14 nothing or 14-3, oh, yeah, then now let's play. Let's I'm, play the I'm, chess I'm, game. I'm with you, Big G, because it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of a catch-22 because you want to, yeah. you know, protect the ball, control the clock, do yeah. all those things that you know they kind of did towards the end of last year, yeah. But but conversely, also on the other side of things, if you go ahead and put some points up on the board, you make that defense even more vicious. Yes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah so if you just, can score points, you take away the run. They're gonna have to pass to try to catch up. That makes mm-hmm. them one dimensional, like teams have done to the Steelers many yeah. times when they get an early lead, and that mm-hmm. never fared well for the Steelers recently. But if the Steelers fail, while they have all this youth and they're building something special, let it be because of execution. Leave yep. it in that responsibility in the hands of the players, not a lack of play design and game planning. And that's what a lot of last year's issues were. Now, there was yep. execution problems as well, but there has to be confidence in the play uh, design and the game plan for the players to execute. So. Yep. We've got to see improvement on both sides. Agree, agree. Yeah, that 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 route tree need, needs something to be left on to be desired. Mm-hmm. Um, we got rid of what's his name, dude from Taylor. Ike was it Ike Taylor? Who was a, who was a wide receiver coach last year? Oh, or two man. years ago was it? Oh, I gosh. can't remember his name. I know you're talking about two years ago, but is it Hillard now? Hiller, Ike Hiller, Ike Hiller. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Hiller. Yeah, yeah. Florida yeah, guy, yeah. Ike Hiller. Yeah, yeah. Florida yeah. Gator. He's a Florida Gator guy. Yeah, I said Florida. You ain't telling yeah, me yeah. nothing, Big G. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. So a lot of lot of versatility on this team, both on the offensive and defensive side of the balls. Even when you get to the defensive line, guys are interchangeable. The offensive line, guys are interchangeable. You got about two or three guys that can play center. You got yeah. a couple guys that can switch uh, switch tackle side, so you know yeah. a lot of versatility makes for hopefully a good a good team. Yep. Yes, sir. But sir, but so so moving on to the next thing we got real quick when we ready to go to break. Big G, this was your thing, man. So I'm gonna let you go ahead and and captain this ship. Talking about the offensive MVP and offensive impact players, two two different players. Like, cause remember I asked you, I said, well, isn't, wouldn't the offensive MVP be the impact player too? But yeah, you want yeah. to you want to take it down to somebody outside the MVP. So I'm gonna throw some candidates up on the screen. Yeah. Um, you tell me your thoughts. Don't have, don't have to be any of these guys. I'm just throwing them yeah. up on the screen, and you and yeah. Shannon have a discussion. Sure. 
I'll let the let let the audiences listening know we got Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, George Pickens, and Calvin Austin the third. That's who who we have images up on the screen on the YouTube broadcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I personally believe that that I think our MVP of the offense this year, believe it or not, is going to be Najee Harris. I think that Najee is going to be have an outstanding season. I think his load might go down, you know, because he's going to split, not necessarily split carries, but maybe 70-30 with, with, with Warren, maybe 80-20 with Warren. But his impact on the game, because they're not after, – after people see the impact of KPA and what he's able to do offensively with the weapons, his impact on the game is even going to be harder. Because you can't – you just can't – you know, if you got two outside receivers where you, you know, you can't run that traditional cover two or try to, you know, you're running single high because you don't respect what's going on the outside and you got a drop in coverage. You got one receiver that demands a double team and a, a slot tight end that demands a double team with help over the top. You can only put so many guys in the box. So if you got, you know, six guys in the box and it's Najee one on one, you can cancel Christmas, bro. You know, so that's number one. So I think Najee MVP, but the most, the, the the most the guy who we got is going to be the one that's going to help us the most and change is pick uh pickens george pickens his see see the deal is with him is that when you get when you're scared to death that this guy can hit you you go back up you know and so that that that's two guys out now you only got nine guys on defense he might only get eight to ten touchdown catches he might only get maybe close to a thousand yards but that threat and that ability to make them double team him only leaves nine so that makes once again everybody's job easier defensively i mean i don't think there's any doubt about it that 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 mika fitzpatrick is probably going to be the defensive guy but i'll let shannon weigh on the offense first before we go into it man yeah, man, stop just jumping around. Nobody asked you about no defense. Yeah, I had to put my own brakes. <laughs> yeah, I should, I should, I should, should have brought out the sound effect. Hey, Shannon, yeah. what's what, what's your thoughts on on the offensive MVP and I guess runner-up MVP? Yeah. Well, the way I was today, I'm starting on an article about splash plays, mm-hmm. and I was trying to find the NFL definition of splash plays. Because the Steelers desperately need to incorporate, create more explosive plays as an offense so that they could easily flip field position, which mm-hmm. they've really struggled to do. Like I said, it took them sometimes four plays to get 10 yards. That has to change. Yeah. So there really isn't a official definition. So for me, I think back to, say, Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, he did not have breakaway speed, and he didn't get a lot of 40 and 50-yard runs. But he got a lot of 10 to 15 to 18-yard runs, mm-hmm. which, you know, automatically got you near midfield a lot of times or on the other side of the field. And he consistently broke off first down runs on first down. And yeah. that just made the offense click and made everything so much easier. And then, of course, 20, 25-yard passing plays is a splash play because you just – you know, you're you're skipping two first downs in one. And yep. Ben was so good at that with Antonio Brown and Martavius Bryant. So yeah. 
that's something that is going to have to start happening this year. Therefore, based on the what I'm seeing out of this young man, and I agree, Najee Harris is a great pick mm-hmm. because I believe that he's going to set the tone each week behind yeah. that offensive line for this offense. Yeah. But I'm counting on Kenny Pickett being the offensive MVP mm. because of what he's going to have to do. He's going to have to get him in the right play, get him out of the wrong play. Yeah. He's going to have to make the right read, protect the ball, but not be over cautious like last year. There's so many things that's got to happen. And all these other players, these skill position players, are dependent on his leadership, his communication, his growth. So mm. if the Steelers have a successful season, I'm expecting Kenny Pickett to be the MVP. Mm. Now, the cat, when we was talking about impact player, I thought I, my mind immediately went to who's going to be the difference maker compared to last year. Mm-hmm. Who's going to provide an impact that they did not have last year. So my, that's why I made this choice. Uh, it, it's hard not to take Darnell Washington just Ooh. because of what he's going to be able to do as a blocker and as a receiver down the seam and in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But I had to go with Calvin Austin, the third. Mm. And the reason why is Andrew Wilbar had a really good article on our site, uh, Still Curtain Network today, well, yesterday, talking about three and four new formations that the Steelers could utilize Yeah, to open up the offense and be more effective, especially in the red zone. And we're talking about a massive amount of size, yeah. as we've talked about, and Big G's been talking about it for weeks. If the Steelers go that way, it's going to force the opposing defense to match up. Because yep. you can't have a, a Mike Hilton out there trying to guard a Darnell Washington. It's a mismatch. Cancel Christmas. Well, yeah, if you go big, yeah. if the Steelers just bring in Austin, I don't care if you line him up and run him back to start the play, then swing him out, send him in motion, whatever. See who's covering him. If you get him on a mismatch, as you say, it's party's over, lights out. Because they, they will not be able to contain that speed. And you're yeah. going to have that monster size blocking for him. And if somebody else brought him, you ain't going to be able to see him. That's right. He's going to get lost behind them giants. Yeah. You know, because he's he's 5'8 or whatever. So, again, I think that Austin is going to give them that speed element and that threat of the splash play to where teams are going to have to count for him anytime he's in the game. And even if he isn't the primary target, he's going to open things up for others. Agreed. So that was who I picked for offensive impact player, newcomer. Shannon, that was boss, man. <laughs> that was that was boss. I mean, you you made me a believer on that stuff, man. Because <laughs> I, I like my stuff, but man, you made me a believer, man. Yeah. So you 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 agreeing with Shannon? Yep. Yep, I'm agreeing with Shannon. I'm agreeing. For sure, for sure. So now we go on. Now, same question. Let's make it a little faster because both of you guys are a little bit long winded. <laughs> you got, you got, you got John, John Madden and Charles Barkley here. So, what, what, what do we think? Same question about the defensive MVP. And to the, and to the audience listening. We got Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, obviously, uh, Alex Highsmith, 
Larry Ogunjobi, and Patrick Peterson. Who are we looking at on, on this defensive unit? Well, like I said, I think the obvious choice on defense is Minka because his versatility to be able to walk down on the defense. I mean, you're going to see Minka light up. Like I, I've been saying for long, and, you know, I'm trying to pull my Gistradamus on this one, is that you're going to see Minka do stuff like Troy. I'm not saying he's Troy Palamula. I'm not saying that. You know, but I'm saying that you're going to see for the first time in a long time this guy line up all over the place. And they're going to be like, what the heck is he doing? You know, because you have so much strength now on defense because you secured the back end. So I think that Minka is going to be Minka, – Minka might be in line possibly, and Tay, you might hit me with pump the brakes, but Minka might be in line for NFL Defensive Player of the Year, man, for based on what you're going to see him on the field this year. But I, I, I can, think our I – can, I, can, I can get on with that. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna see. But what if what if what if TJ has another twenty three and a half sacks and Minka has say nine interceptions? Who 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 who's the MVP? You flip a coin because because <laughs> in the voting in voting one and two is gonna go Pittsburgh Steelers. So, but and and that's why I'm getting to my impact guy. I mean, I, I can never take anything away from TJ Watt. Pump your brakes. Pump your brakes. Let Shannon give his MVP it? first. Let Shannon give his okay, MVP first. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm excited that the Steelers are trying to be more versatile and be more creative and hopefully not be so dependent on one player. Yeah. But until I see it actually take come to fruition, I'm going to still say T.J. Watt as the MVP, defensive MVP. Yeah. Merely because some guys raise the level of everybody around them. Yeah. And that's what TJ Watt does. And yeah. he's like he's special, guys. I mean, he really is. And to say that you have him, Cam Hayward, and Minka Fitzpatrick, who are all special. Yeah. On that one defense. You know, people talk about well, the Steelers are spending too much money on their defense. Well, you're gonna have that happen when you've got guys like that on defense. The Steelers don't have guys right now we can say he's special on offense. Yeah. You know, he's the best in the league. But I think you could argue those three are on defense. So um, so I would have to say for my defensive MVP, because we need him healthy, and just his influence of what he does for his teammates, I'm going to have to stick with T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it, Shannon. I mean, either way, with Minka or T.J., we can't lose either way. Yeah. I mean, both 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 are great answers. So, real quick, Big G, don't don't dissect it. Just impact player on defense. It's got to be what ain't no sense much about it because you got a double. Shannon, impact player on on defense for you. For me, it has to be Patrick Peterson Mm. because not only that what impact he's going to make on the field, but what impact he's going to make in the locker room and on these young cornerbacks. Nice, nice. I like that. I like that. So, real quick, guys, we're going to take a break to pay some bills real quick. If you're watching on YouTube, stay with us. If you're listening on, on audio, you're going to hear a couple couple ads real quick, and we'll be right back after this.
And we're back on the Pump Your Break podcast on Wednesday night. Your Wednesday night Steel Curtain Network show with the triple, triple OG homie Shannon White with my little fella, Big G. That's an oxymoron, little fella, Big G. <laughs> but, but yeah, guys, so we got all this stuff. So now we're going to change it up and not talk specifically about the Steelers for a few topics, but we're going to talk about topics that kind of pertain to the Steelers as we go along. So we hear all this talk about lately in the news about the running back market, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of talk about the running back market. And Big G, I know you got strong feelings on this. Yeah, I do. So Najee Harris, Najee Harris retweeted Derrick Henry's tweet that basically says at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. The ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can to give their all to an organization just seems like it, it don't even should be, does it don't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Mm. So what do you guys think about the situation? What do you think about Najee tweeting this out? Shannon, you hit him up first, man. Cause I, I got, I got some stuff I need to get off my chest. So I'm gonna let you go first, bro. <clears throat> well, this is kind of, it all started when they set the the rookie, you know, pay scale, the the, the cap situation, yeah. uh, to where is where you're selected is the pay range, and then who's selected in front of you makes a little more, who's selected behind you. So that's what created all this. Mm-hmm. It's always supply and demand. Uh, quarterbacks, there's very few of them walking the planet at any one mm-hmm. time. Capable yeah. of playing in the NFL. Yeah. It, it takes certain uh, skill set, size to be an offensive tackle, it, uh, to be a defensive tackle. You know, there's some positions that are harder to find. Now, running back just so happens to be an instinctual, natural, athletic position. And you can see a guy who maybe didn't play against top competition like James Robertson a few years ago for Jacksonville, come in the NFL and have a 1,000-yard season. Uh, It's Now, I'm not devaluing that, but I'm saying that they realize that you can find running backs in every round of the draft and undrafted. He was was undrafted by Jacksonville, got a 1,000 yards, like you said. I had him in fantasy football that year. Yeah. Then went to – traded to the Jets, and the Jets just released him about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but you also have, like, Willie Parker. Yeah. There's a lot of guys who went to college, whatever happened, they, they you know, they had somebody, you know, in front of them established, and they never really got a chance to show themselves. They, they come in the pros as an undrafted guy, and they, they ball out. Mm-hmm. I mean, we see it. it. You don't see that at quarterback very often, guys. You yeah. don't see that at left tackle. Now, I'm not devaluing the importance of the position. I'm just saying what the truth is. Yeah. Now, I've always been under the belief that the players that produce the most should make the most. And if you are a proven, established running back, mm. and then you're you should not be there's a there's a, a glass ceiling, so to speak, for running backs right now. Yeah. And there wasn't Le'Veon Bell realized it. And he was like, Hey, I want to be paid as a wide receiver too. Yeah, because he realized that, you know, I'm not going to be able to make but only this much money. Now, is yeah. that fair? Well, that's business. That's capitalism. That's, you know, I mean, 
any of us in, in our work uh, careers and our work relationships have seen this. We've went through this. You know, if, if somebody has a college degree and you don't, they're going to make more money than you do. Mm. Even if you do the same job, it's not fair, but that's the way it is. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, part of me, I feel for these guys. And the only way that's going to change is in how they word these contracts. If they word the contracts and you reward guys paid based on their production. Now, starting out, that rookie scale, I don't think you want to mess with that. Because if you do, you're going to have a ton of holdouts again. And we know that that was very damaging to the players' careers a lot of times and to the teams. Yeah. But once they produce and, and they hit these certain marks, then they should be more performance-based, incentive-based, whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. And um, other than that, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if there is an easy answer. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, like in the NBA, you can you can pay a guy more than other teams can pay that same free agent. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, are they going to try to start doing that in the NFL? See, then mm. you're opening up a whole other set of circumstances. Right. You know, so I, I really do not have the answer. I, but all I'm saying is I can see both sides. But my final – my final statement to this is I want to see the best players get paid the most money because I think they've earned it. For sure. Hey, so Shannon, you did kick facts, man. I mean, so I got to give you the fact you kick facts on that, you know, but the deal is quietly the NFL PA and owners could go kick rocks, man. <laughs> Both the NFL PA and the owners can kick rocks because this is the deal. This is the truth of the matter. The truth of the matter is the, the the game plan that's laid down every week for the running back position for most teams is 60-40. And it's been that way forever. 60-40 running, running versus passing. Even the teams that pass the ball over the, all over the field still have to run the ball 60-40 because you got to keep them honest. That means the running back has to do what you call so what they're doing is not paying the guys because they're worried about their productivity falling off of a cliff after they get so many carries or so much tread on the tires, right? Mm-hmm. And then they, But they want to get the most exciting guys that come from college and have the home run. Well guess, what, well, guess what happens in college? The running backs in college have to run in order to get the, 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 the exposure to get themselves to the next level. Now, I'm not saying there's not undrafted guys. But even if you go back and look at some of those guys who were undrafted, they had a lot of tread on their tires in college before they went to the pro, at pros. Unless you play at a, at a collegiate team that's got a bunch of studs like the Alabamas and the Ohio mm-hmm. States and the Georgias where they stockpile running backs and they bring them in. You know? And so the, the, I get that. But the issue is they're wrong. And so what has to happen is you have to go back and renegotiate the deal between the owners and the NFLPA because the running back position, and you're so worried about them running off, running out and not having that burst and all whatever else, will change the scale for them. Because I'm going to tell you, this is why. The NFL can only use what college gives them. Guess what's going away in college? The statue quarterback. Any successful team in college runs RPO offense. Look at Georgia. Look at Alabama. Look at Clemson. Look at Michigan, look at Ohio State, look at Penn State, even look at USC. They run zone read. 
Well, zone reads not effective. You got to have two things. You got to have a quarterback that can run, and you got to have a running back that's standing next to him that you're scared to death that he can hit a home run anywhere on the field. That's what makes RPO. Well, guess what's happening in the NFL? Those quarterbacks from college are coming to the NFL, and they're installing RPO more and more and more and more and more. So in order to make it work, you got to put value back on the running back position. Now, and I think that the NFL, at least some of them get it, because for the first time in a long time, you had two running backs picked in the first round. When was the last time you saw that in the NFL draft? So I'm, I'm telling you that this is a fight that I think that the players should stand up and fight about, because, if okay, you're asking me to do, and I'm doing my job very well, but you don't want to pay me? Man, get up G. out of here. Go kick rocks, man. Go kick rocks. Big G. Yeah. Two running backs were taken in the first round. Yep. Um, kid from Texas, Bijan Robinson. Yep. And the kid from Alabama, Gibbs. Yep. But who did Gibbs replace at Detroit? Jamal Williams. John no. Williams. No. Yeah. Yeah. He left, but DeAndre Johnny Swift. Yeah, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift. Swift. Yeah. Who was a first round yeah. pick? Correct. So I'm saying they got off DeAndre Swift before it was time to pay him money. He went to yeah. Philly. The Philly got off Miles Sanders before they had to pay him money. He went to Carolina. Right. So, I mean, I mean it's, it's, it's a game of musical chairs where running backs have to find who's going to pay them. Yeah. I think with elite quarterbacks are not going to pay a running back elite money. Yeah. But one more, one now, more quick thing, now. though, is the shelf life. Because if the guys are producing and they're putting 1,000, 15-yard seasons out there, how many running backs actually play good and have a strong second contract? I mean, when they get to 30, man, it's usually they start going downhill. Right. And, and, and it's just – so that's why it's important – more so for running backs than any position, that they get their money up front. Yes. I agree. Or, or, the, or they lower the bar for the initial contract. You know, where everybody else has got to go to that fourth and fifth year, let's go to let the running backs go to two to three years. That, that's, then, that's mm -hmm. that's that's that's, that sounds like a fair deal. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. then they'd still be in their prime when they hit that second contract. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm telling you right now, Steelers Nation – you're nuts if you don't think that we're going to pay Najee with a second contract. And Najee's going to prove it to us this year. Najee's really that guy, bro. Najee should be a lifer stealer. I mean, I understand it's money. We might not have to break the bank with him because I think he loves the culture. And even more so, I think he loves playing for Coach Tomlin. So, I mean, he's going to be for a while. So, I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to – I don't think Najee and Le'Veon Bell is the same guy. And if, if you notice even more so – Le'Veon Bell is crying on a dang old Pittsburgh Steelers towel right now, saying I was so stupid for doing what I was doing. I shouldn't have done all that. I should have just took the contract and just stayed hey, He's hey. saying that publicly. Let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me talk briefly about these guys we got up, the running backs. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and I got Najee. He's not, under, he's not ready for a new contract yet, but it's coming. So yeah. my thoughts on Saquon Barkley. He makes that team go around. They pay Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is a terrible quarterback without Saquon Barkley in the backfield. So you would, think, you would think Saquon would get paid. Yeah. But Saquon been hurt for a year and a half out of his first four years. Yeah. yeah. So do you do you make that heavy investment for a guy that's already been hurt for basically 35% of his of his of his contract already? 
Not not with Saquon. Not with Saquon. I get it. But but you know what's common outside of Najee up there? Every last one of those guys that you put up, their their, their quarterbacks that play on their team, their quarterbacks are scrubs, dog. Dak Prescott is a scrub. Jones is a scrub. Derek Carr was a scrub, and now he's not even there, and they got Jimmy Garoppolo. You got three <laughs> scrub quarterbacks, which they're going to lean heavily on the running game. But then, you Daniel, pay Jones, them guys. Daniel Jones is making $40 million. He's a scrub. Uh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo just got brought in for about twenty eight. Yes, yeah, we know we, we know Zach met Zach making like forty some, and Kenny Pickett on his rookie deal. So wait, wait, let's let's get done with this real quick. So let me ask one more question. I want to ask both of you. Just just throwing this out there, right now, based on the salary cap and what these guys are getting paid, what do you feel like is a fair yearly salary for the best running back in football? Thirteen and a half to fourteen million. Yep. Thirteen and a half to fourteen million. But now I've heard that Barkley was saying fifteen, sixteen no. million. No. No. Yeah, they trying to they 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 trying to get Ty Gurley and, and Zeke money. They messed that up though. Yeah. You know, I I, I say twelve million. I say if say Quan Saquon was offered three years, thirty six million, twenty four fully guaranteed, you jump on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I have, I have, I have, I have no, I have no belief in Tony Pollard. Scrub. I mean, but this I'm not saying he's a scrub. scrub, but he's not one of the elite running backs in the league. He had a good year last year. Same thing with Josh Jacobs. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a workhorse, but he's not like Derrick Henry, where he busts out for seventy yard runs because he has elite size, elite speed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, so, you know, I don't know. I bet it. I bet it today. That every last one of them quarterbacks out of KP three, they the three teams you just showed, they quarterbacks is gonna get killed this year. If if they mess around and they don't play those running backs and pay them and get them in camp, they quarterbacks are gonna get killed because you gotta respect the run game to make the quarterbacks game go. And they they already scrub, so they can't really throw the ball all like that. Especially Dallas. Oh, they they quarterback is a real scrub. And you know I've been saying that Dak is trash. So all so, right, so. so. So 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 moving on before you go on your Dak rant, Big G. <laughs> like 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 we know you will. Yes, I will. Pump your brakes. Yep. Yes, sir. I got you. But now, so the last last thing we're gonna get to real quick. I want both your opinions. We're gonna talk about camp battles going into Latrobe. Latrobe is coming up a week from tomorrow. Actually, yep. they arrive a week from today, but they yep. actually get on the field a week from tomorrow next Thursday. So what do you guys think about Camp Battles? Up here we have images of, obviously, the top row is uh, Roderick Jones, Dan Moore, and Chooks. The bottom row is Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr., and Corey Trice. So obviously I'm saying it's going to be interesting battles at the O-line positions and the, the, the defensive back positions. What do you guys think? I agree. I agree. I think I think that I think Jones is Jones' job to lose, but I think he's got to show it in 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 the preseason that he can handle whatever, you know. Because the, the issue is he's got a he played for a team in college. Is it is it is it his job to lose or his job it's to his earn? Job to lose, Doug. You don't have a you don't have a first round. I mean, I want him to earn it, but you don't pay first round because to sit on the bench. because they 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 gave they. They gave the job to Kendrick Green a few years ago, and that didn't work out well at all. 
I got it. But Kendrick Green wasn't a first round draft pick. So you, you don't you don't pay as and a guy you traded up to get in the first round, you know. So you don't leave those guys sit on the side. So it's his job to lose. But the issue is at Georgia, he's used to being the big dog on campus and you know, they maul people. So does he absorb enough of the offensive playbook, understanding the schemes, and put himself in position to get, you know, the camaraderie with the other offensive linemen? Because you got to remember, this guy's protecting Pick, uh, Kenny Pickett. So Tomlin's not going to walk a guy out there on the field that can't protect KP. He got he got a, he got, a, he, got a, he got a big homie out there next to him, Siamalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's going to help. That's his big <clears throat> homie. Kind of like yeah. kind, kind of like when we play you. You was a more talented lineman, but I was your big homie because you my little fella. Yeah, yeah. You 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 made the call, and I mauled whoever came in the way. That's how the things, how the things work. You made the call, and I mauled whoever came that way, bro. Including including, and I hope he's watching. Big Daddy Dan Wilkerson. You know I punished you, dog. In high they, they, Two they years in a row. Two years in a row, I punished you, dog. You number know one, number one overall pick from Ohio State. Punished you, but Shannon, what 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 do you think about Camp Battles? What you looking forward to? Well, I, I agree with both of your uh, picks on uh, offensive line and, and defensive back. Um, I want to see Broderick Jones come in and show the confidence and the fight that this is my position. I want it, and I'm going to earn it. Uh, now, that remains to be seen. We're going to find out starting next week yeah. because Dan Moore has worked hard. Yeah. And he is determined – that if he don't get that left tackle, he's going to push Chukes for that right tackle. Yeah. And that's only going to make them all better. Yeah. And I think, in all honesty, Mike Tomlin would like to start the year with Dan Moore on the left and Chukes on the right. And then if he has a, a you know, work them on both sides, Dan Moore on both sides in the preseason. And then if there's an injury or anything, and, and if somebody has to miss a little time, then bring in Broderick Jones. I think he would rather rather do it that way. But if Jones is as good as I believe he will be, I just don't yeah. know if he is yet or not. Yeah. If he is, I think he's going to win that position. Hmm. I, as far as cornerback, we got to get JPJ in camp. We got to get him yeah. signed and in there working, not, not distracted, just doing everything so he can get up to speed quick. Yeah, because I think it's going to be Peterson and Levi Wallace as the starters, and I think they'll work in Porter first and work him in kind of slow, make sure he has protection, you know, protect his confidence, and then I think they're going to start working tracing guys. I really yeah. do. I think he's going to get matched up against bigger receivers, tight ends out of the slot. We're yeah. going to see a good bit of trace by the middle of the season. So, yeah. uh, I, I, it's a great problem to have. They have too many starting quality guys potentially and not enough positions. I like that problem. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. We got some breaking news. What's going on, Tate? You mute. I'm glad you asked, Big G. Yeah. <laughs> Want to know what you guys heard, man? I got a update come across my phone. Said the Steelers are one of two teams along with the Patriots interested in uh, Mims from the Jets. Yeah, I just got it. Wide, I just came across my phone too. Wide receiver, um, out of Baylor, right? Yeah, yeah. Six yeah. six three two ten four three eight forty. I mean, yeah. what are the Steelers? What are the Steelers trying to do with this? I mean, what 
just create more competition? I did mean, you read they... it? There, there was a little. They're saying uh, in Twitter that they people were saying, well, they wasn't, must not have been happy with the King Butler at minicamp because now they're showing interest in Mims. I don't think that's necessarily true. If you yeah. get a guy who was a first, second round draft pick with that height, that speed, you know, you expect Omar Khan and Andy Weidel to kick the tires and see what it would take to bring in somebody like him. So I don't think it has anything to do with any particular receiver they have already. Yeah. But uh, Mims maybe just needs to change the scenery. Yeah. Because right now his career trajectory is very similar to Keith Butler. And that yeah. he looked like a superstar in college and he hasn't been able to duplicate that and establish himself in the pros. Man, yeah. can, can you imagine those guys with with George Pickens and Firemuth and Washington? I mean, and, and Robinson and John, the only little guy would be Calvin Austin third. Yeah. Man, and, I mean, and, and, I keep, and I keep Blinkins just for special teams. So we might, yeah. if they did that, he can make the roster, and they they saw they saw potential in him. Yeah, we might keep seven receivers that way. And if the con man could pull it off, because listen, y'all, I'm starting to real have real love for the con man. Because yep. if the con man could get him for a sixth round or a seventh round pick, <laughs> no, he he, 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 in, he was released. He was released. Oh yeah, he's in. Oh, he he Kyle man gonna make it work. He's in. He come on home to the black to the black and gold, dog. Come on home to the black and gold, cause cause he gonna bring you in, bro. The is Kyle it official, Tate? Did they so, release him? Yeah, yeah. Because I heard that they was trying to trade him, and if not, they were going to release him. Nah, Big G no. said bring him in, huh? Just like that. Bring him in. Listen, man. Listen, let me tell y'all something. Or oh, you can pump your brakes all you want to. We, we trying to win, bro. The Steelers is trying to win. No, no, we ain't trying to win. We gonna win. Yeah, keep it pushing. We we we, we ain't trying to win. We gonna win this year. You, you I'm, I'm telling you, Omar Khan, that front office and them coaches, they like, man, let's do this thing, bro. We tired of the shenanigans. I mean, we we've had some winning seasons. Ben went out in the sunset. We rebuilt. We got this youngster ready to go. Let's play football, bro. So I'm gonna give him everything that he needs to be successful. And that's that's isn't that what the Kansas City Chiefs did? Isn't that what the Cincinnati Bengals are doing? They're bringing in everything that they need to do to make their young quarterback. Well, see, I listened to Colin Coward today. He he was like not high on the Alex Highsmith signing, saying the Steelers are spending money on the wrong side of the ball. Get but Coward out of here. In, in elite, is he is he what what sign are you gonna put up? You know, go ahead. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna get him. Okay. Coward, you know, you know, coward is tire fire, right? You know that, right? Get Colin Coward out. He's tire fire, man. Get up As Big here, G holds a tire fire sign up on Colin Coward. He has some good takes sometimes. I tell you, who gets on my get nerves that J Mac dude on that show. But uh, he really get on my he, nerves. He works. He's high. He's high on the Steelers, though. Believe, believe it or not, but he still gets on my nerves. Yeah. But uh, nah. So I think you got you got to have an elite defense when you get in the playoffs. You're not scoring thirty five and forty two points a game. That's correct. You're scoring more around 28, maybe 30 at the most. Yeah. The game changed. 24, 24, about 24. 24 gets you a dub in the playoffs. Yeah, if you got, especially if you got good defense. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So that sounds like a good place to stop for today, guys. Big G, go to you first, man. What's what's up for the week? What you got going on? What's happening? What's, what's crack-a-lacking, as you say, little fella? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, man, it's cracking lacking this week, man. Hey, listen, so we had a great podcast today with, you know, with our first edition of Pump Your Breaks, man. Hey, 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 hey I'm sorry to interrupt, but everybody yeah. still in the live chat, be sure to hit the like. And if you haven't subscribed, I'm sure you have, but subscribe. At least hit the like button on this on this particular show while you're still here. Yeah. I'm sorry, BG. Yeah, sure. Oh, you good, man. So, so, you know, on Friday, of course, we got the Fans First Sports Network, Steel Curtain Network, Homies Podcast. And definitely on Sunday, we got the Know-It-Alls Podcast with me, my boy Mod, and my boy Tape Boy Fresh. So those things are going on. But I got a little something special working in the cannon, man. I get an opportunity to go to the first Ohio State Buckeyes practice of the season. You know, I, I'm going to actually be there. I'm going to be able to see it. I'm right there watching everything, walk around like I got a press thing and all whatever else. So I'm scouting for next year. I'm trying to see what we're trying to bring in on top of the fact that I love the Buckeyes. So I get to be around football. And, you know, it's going to be a good time, man. So I'm going to go down and check out the first practice for the Buckeyes. Come on back and tell you what I'm talking about with some of those Buckeyes that could eventually become Steelers. You're, sure. not, you're, not, you're not getting Marvin Harrison Jr. No, I'm not. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, it, it, that means the season fell apart. If the season yeah. fell apart. But I don't want the season to fall apart. But I'm, I know I'm going to see about two, three other dudes that I'm going to be salivating and talking about. That's a stealer. If I ain't never seen one before, there's a stealer that needs to transfer from the Scarlet Gray to the Black and Gold. So, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Shannon, what's up with you, man? What you got going on the rest of the week? What articles you got coming? Fill us in. Well, like I said, I got the, uh, the article posting in the morning about uh, Cole Holcomb isn't afraid of no green dot. And, and so check that out. And then I'm working on how the Steelers are going to incorporate more splash plays and who the culprits are or the candidates to create them. And then on Monday's hangover, we're doing the final greatest Steelers ever. Ooh. And it's going to be Terry Bradshaw versus Ben Roethlisberger. Ooh. So everybody be sure to tune in and share your thoughts. And that's going to be the granddaddy of them all because – you know, it's 50-50, man. There, there's people in both camps. And and uh, so, uh, but I will have a corresponding article on Tuesday that accompanies that podcast. So, uh, trying to get everything organized and together with this move. And, and uh, you know, it's it's kind of like starting over in ways, but uh, it's exciting. And, and I'm glad to be a part of it. So, definitely check us out there at, uh, at Still Curtain Network. Hey, so real quick before we go, I watched another Steeler podcast earlier in the week. I watched probably one or two Steelers podcasts a day minimum. Yeah. But uh, and that's not even on the Steel Curtain Network. That's other stuff. Yeah. But uh, what do you guys think about – is Antonio Brown belonging to Steeler Hall of Honor? No. no. It's hard to put no. Antonio Brown and the word honor in the same sentence. Exactly. Exactly. Outstanding career for the Steelers, but no, yep. no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But honor is honor's not the word. Yeah. So exactly. So on, on the field, is he the greatest receiver to play for the Steelers franchise? No. Ooh. No. no. Yards, yards, stats. Yes, absolutely. Stats? I mean, well, what are we looking for? Football on the field, I said. I'm talking about being that that guy, that dog. The dogs for the Steelers was Remember these three numbers, 88, 86, and 82. Yep. 88, Lynn Swan, 86, Heinz Ward, 82, John Stallworth. What about All day and night. What about 10? 
Ten, ten was a dog, but he 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 moves a little bit over there to that Antonio Brown. But eight, <laughs> but 88, 86, and 82, oh, man, keep it pushing. If it ain't one of them, that ain't the greatest still. All right, fellas. Well, again, another great Wednesday. Thanks, everybody, in the live chat for joining us. We appreciate your company and your chats, uh, your comments, I mean. Um, be yeah. sure to check out all the Steel Curtain Network. Shannon is getting equipped with writing on the new website and posting articles on the new website. That's a thing, but it's up and running now. Um, we got all these YouTube shows. We got one, at least one every day. You got all yeah. the audio content. Be sure to, to like and subscribe on, on YouTube, on our Facebook page, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. What else, Big G? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify. Stitcher, Stitcher, Amazon yeah. Music, iHeartRadio, all those places. We're everywhere. Yeah, we everywhere. And we'll, 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 we'll be back on the homies on Friday night. Tonight is Thursday. Yeah. So be sure to check us out on there. And until until next week, when you're driving in traffic, don't go too fast. You might have to <laughs> pump your brakes. Yeah. And we out. Shannon, take us out.